You're listening to Conversion Nations, the podcast that helps conversion optimizers overcome challenges they face with their experimentation programs. Brought to you by Effective Experiments, the workflow and project management software helping optimizers make experimentation a core part of their business. Scale up your testing program with a centralized solution and document all your research, ideas, experiments, and results in one place. Learn more and request your free trial by visiting EffectiveExperiments.com. Hi, and welcome. I'm Tim Stewart, and I'm joined today by Chad Sanderson. And we're going to talk a little bit today about well, things relating to conversion on this week's Conversionations. So, Chad, how you doing? Good. I'm good. You know, it's it's starting to get warm around where I live. Like it's been really cold in the middle of April for the last few weeks. So I can actually go outside now. Doesn't feel like a nightmare. Yeah, we've had uh, typical Brit talking about the weather. We've had all manner of rain and sleet and snow in the beginning of April. Then we had a couple of glorious days, and then it's kind of back to maybe okay for May. We'll see. Yeah, uh, I feel I- like. I feel like the UK is just perpetually in a state of maybe okay in terms of weather. <laughs> in terms of everything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, obviously we're an island in the Atlantic, so we get kind of get whatever's coming across from either the continent or the Atlantic, we get it in waves. So whatever we've got doesn't last for long, but it, it typically is uh, something to talk about. So yeah, in terms that's true. of weather, I've not really seen much of it. I've not been at home much the last month. Um, I've been to a couple of conferences. I know you at the end of March were at CXL. Um, mm-hmm. So really kind of in terms of what's been happening over the last month, what's been interesting in the world of conversion. Um, for me, it's been, I guess, seeing people talk about conversion stuff. Um, I was uh, I was kind of the CRO speaker for AdWorld Experience in Italy, in Bologna, which is a good conference, mostly paid sort of stuff I uh, saw some interesting stuff some from Facebook guys so we maybe talk about that later on in terms of how they're treating conversion and, and what they're looking at for return on investment um, and then last week I was at Inbound in Madrid uh, which was nice. yeah very nice it was 25 degrees there that was much nicer um, lots and lots of tapas and I saw a pet player um, and uh, Ollie Gardner uh, we're talking on the second day and on the first day there was Talia talking, Talia Wolf. So cool. there's a, quite a decent lineup of kind of um, search and paid and UX people talking, uh, both uh, Spanish natives and, and international speakers. It was a good conference. And I went to the, the Inbounder in London last year, which was one yeah. of the best ones I went to for content. So I thought that I would give this one a try in Madrid, and it was good. I did miss the Brighton SEO one, which I kind of normally like to go to, but I'll, I'll catch that in September. Were you uh, were you speaking at that one in Madrid, or were you just no, no? It was, it was. I quite enjoyed that for once. I wasn't speaking, so I got to I got to be a punter. I got to sit in the audience and kind of judge people Uh, (laughs) just just sit there and kind of appreciate kind of the the art of it all Uh, uh, conference speaking is is, is something that's quite quite difficult but it's quite rewarding i guess in terms of 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 the the vibe the feedback you get from people um but it's interesting to to be able to relax and sort of sit there and and listen to what other people have to talk about including about you know stuff that's not necessarily what people would consider uh conversion focused 
but I'm very much in the camp that thinks, you know, we need to pay attention to what's happening with the channels. We need to understand how they're getting audiences. We need to understand mm -hmm. um, how they're targeting and to a degree what, what objectives they've got because we work with the various marketing teams and we're always talking about breaking down silos. And that's kind of one of the things I do fairly regularly is I go to non-conversion conferences. In fact, I probably go to uh, more general marketing conferences than I do conversion ones um, simply because you know that's where a lot of my clients are that's where a lot of the stuff I need to learn about from the audience and I need to keep my my myself I need to keep myself educated about what the new ad types are how people are picking and segmenting audiences because the work they do the stuff they send to our site can make a big difference in terms of what's possible from the conversion rate um, so that was uh, a busy month because I had uh, those two which were external and obviously you were at conversion world speaking yourself uh, yeah. and the week in between those two. So I, I kind of participated a bit on that in the chat room on the, the Slack. So if those people who did watch conversion world, if you haven't already joined the Slack, please do. And if you uh, haven't watched conversion world, what you're playing at, but you can join, in, <laughs> you can join in on the Slack uh, and, and catch up with some people like myself and Chad and many other people who are um, obsessive, interested, mildly entertained by uh, conversion and subjects surrounding that um, so that was a busy month last month I had to fit a lot of client work in on top of that as well um, how was yours because obviously you went to Austin end of March wasn't it for CXL yeah yeah we there was um, well I was in uh, I was in Las Vegas I spoke at the Adobe conference that they had mm -hmm. two days later I spoke at CXL um, and then later on the week, we or later on that month, the next month actually was when uh, was when Conversion World happened. You know, I was actually I was actually thinking about this the other day. There's some pretty good Slack channels that you and I are a part of. Mm -hmm. um, there's the Conversion World one, obviously, and then there's also Measure Slack. So if you guys haven't joined that one, definitely. Mm -hmm. So and then and Measure Slack is great because it's not just. I mean, there is the the testing element and there's the analytics element, but there's also a data science piece and there's also what else is there? Uh, data protection and privacy, which doesn't sound like the most exciting subject, but um, it's a big with, one though. With GDPR coming through, and particularly with the uh, the recent news on on Facebook and Cambridge Analytica, uh, people are paying attention to what's happening on the computers. They're aware, general public is more aware that this data is being held on them and being used against them. Um, so keeping track of kind of what's current in those areas, and there's a yeah, there's a data science one. There's there's specific areas for Google Analytics and Tag Manager. So there's a lot mm -hmm. of active participants in that. Um, I'd like to give a shout out as well to um, one which Bav runs in the UK, which is called Conversion Rate Analytics Professionals. Um, which, I think I'm a part of that. Yeah, which was I think only chosen because it says crap. Um, <laughs> Uh, it's actually not even professionals, I think it's and product, but yeah. Um, that's a lively little UK group, and it, again, same sort of thing. There, there are Facebook groups like the CXL Facebook group. There are lots of places to learn outside of blog posts. There's lots of places to um, keep up to date with what's going on and ask questions that aren't necessarily conference-based, uh, but they are generally inhabited by the people who are going to be at those conferences speaking at those conferences so you, you tend to get a good quality of, of uh, uh, response you may have to wait a while because obviously time zones but it's a, a way that certainly one way that you know, one of my screens is dedicated to kind of like chat and I am for that reason I've got yeah. ask questions or asking questions pretty much all day long and I think for me I work 
you know, by myself. Um, so for even just human contact during the day, it helps on that side of things. But it's also quite good to bounce ideas off people who've, who've you know, got better experience in areas um, that you don't. You know, I ask you know, I ask you questions about kind of R and Python and stuff like that, and it's it's not an area of expertise, but it's it's something where I can kind of just sense check stuff I'm working on and go, hey, here's something cool I'm playing with. What do you reckon? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's I I was I was thinking about that the other day. You know, like some I I find sometimes people will pay like a ton of money to go attend a conference, which is totally fine. You know, conferences are great and the socialization, networking, big part of that. But you know, you pay all this money and then you have a lot of these free kind of tools like these Slack channels where you can do a lot of the same stuff that you do at the conferences, usually with a sometimes with a much wider group of people mm-hmm. and you know, it doesn't, doesn't cost anything. Like there was a guy, um, I remember I, I encouraged him to join the measure Slack channel. And the reason that one's, that one is, is good for our team is because there's a whole, like, it's very, I, I think it's kind of like Adobe analytics slanted. seems like it's a bit Adobe. Yeah, it, it's quite us centric. So I think the, yeah. the market penetration for Adobe, uh, you know, even though I don't hear many people talking about using test and target, uh, in, and, the the UK side as much you know, it tends to be more client side but it's not as commonly used. Um, mm. Whereas you look at sort of the US market that's got a higher market penetration for Adobe products generally, maybe not high penetration but there's a lot more bodies therefore as a percentage it still equals a high volume of people. So there's quite a lot of noise going on in there for Adobe stuff. Um, but an awful lot of them are, are asking the same questions. You know, it's it's right. it's about the 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 data center stuff. It's about kind of how to use your EVARs in, in a way that makes sense for what you want to report on. Um, so we're all facing common problems. I mean, I like conferences because you do get that networking side. There's a limit to what you can do online. Um, I think the online conferences are good. You know, Conversion World is one I've, I've enjoyed for the last few years simply because it has got a community that goes on all year long. It just happens to be, you know, there's a week when something's happening uh, for the actual video. I think the, the main advantage from conferences, for the most part, the better ones, is to um, the level of curation. Um, most of the time the people you see speaking on stage genuinely know what they're talking about um right there is a risk with with the the, the slack channels and with the the facebook groups where um you end up with blind leaving the blind you ask a question somebody goes i don't oh, know but here's true. what i reckon um and it can be a bit like stack overflow you get a little bit lost in kind of where is there may well be a right answer in there somewhere but you don't know um so I think they serve different purposes. Like uh, the the guys who speak on stage tend to be put, uh, talking about stuff where they're they're pushing the limits a little bit more. So they'll say, "Here's an example. Here's a use case of of something where this is not theoretical. This is something I've been doing, and I'm going to break down the steps as to why here." Mm-hmm. Whereas the day to day stuff on the internet channels tends to be more. I've got this specific problem, but you're not giving any of the context. You know, people can't share as much. You know, it's it's so that they kind of serve different purposes. I guess kind of one's more kind of tactical, one's more strategic, maybe. Um, but you, unless you're particularly dedicated, you're not going to sit there and drink beer whilst you're on Slack. Whereas you can go out <laughs> and have those more open conversations. Uh, well, I, I don't I don't know about all that. You know, I've uh, <laughs> I've been in some pretty dark places. No, yeah, yeah, I I, I think you're right. And they um, uh, I mean, while we're talking about kind of social channels the the cxl facebook group is, is pretty good too mm. yeah. um, in terms of the type of conversation that you know it's like one of the things that's a bit um that i i've been strongly kind of pushing for for the last uh, few months is there's a lot of people in the experimentation optimization space that kind of stumble into the position somehow 
like maybe they were in analytics before, maybe they were in marketing before they end up in CRO and they don't realize there's, you know, all these resources out there and all these people that are really willing to share. And like, I don't know, maybe, maybe there is in other industries and in some of the other areas of PR and HR, like you do have these, uh, these groups that mm-hmm. kind of do the same thing that we're doing. I haven't seen that. It's like this digital analytics CRO culture seems very yeah, centric. The, the, geek, the geeks also like their toys. I think, I think part of it is, is that's a channel which we're comfortable with um, mm. and maybe in some cases go to out of preference. You, know, the, you do tend to find some kind of more uh, introverted characters in, in kind of the, the mindset. But yeah, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting mix with the different, um, different groups you get online. I'm, I'm a member of a bunch of other groups which aren't sort of CRO specific, but you do see this sort of support network stuff, but it does tend to be mostly sort of di- digital disciplines. Um, that which I like it is maybe because it's more digital natives. I think the, the CRO space, the point you made before about, um, quite a lot of people coming into it are coming in with different levels of experience. You've got people who've been data scientists, but now getting lumped with the, uh, the business side of things. So that for them is a learning curve. You've got people who've been general marketers, maybe working in paid search where they, you know, they do need to do some statistics. They do need to do some AB testing. They do test on creative, but yeah, you do that stuff. You can look after it for me. Tends to be how a lot of people get the CRO role. You know, your analytics will tack this onto your job description, you know, and, and, part of the problem you find is not just that they are um, struggling to get the uh, the right direction is that they, they can't fit it into the framework they previously worked with you know there's some there are some sort of mental shifts you need to make in terms of how you work versus kind of you know, uh, uh, the, the the AdWords machine you can pop your coin in you get a result out that's kind of the, the black box that's right. that that's provides right. it for you is kind of opaque to you so all you can do is just put more coins in and see what comes out i know that's massively simplifying it and I've, like i said i've just seen a good couple of weeks worth of people talking about their the fact there is a lot more experimentation and kind of uh, machine learning stuff being applied to particularly the ad adword side of things than than you'd expect but again that tends to be the top end for the most part they're managing a budget they're trying to achieve a specific goal but when it hits the site kind of maybe beyond the landing page that's not their problem and then the revenue so there's a big gap in terms of what we look after which is kind of what's the user experience once they've landed are we delivering on the promises they've made and i think that's the argument for kind of looking outside your normal group talking to, to people who use different tools to what you do to see how the other pieces glue together because much as we can kind of complain because a test was polluted by a atypical campaign landing halfway through the sample um, they don't know what's going on in terms of once I've delivered to the landing page, why am I not getting my ROAS? You know, because we bought well, we've advertised well, the creatives are good, they're well tested. And actually, if you're working to revenue, the return on spend is, is partly down to whether the proposition's right, whether the UX is right, you could have the best audience, the best qualified, but if the user experience is terrible, you're not gonna get enough signal to be able to work on your advertising. So I, I do a lot of work when I'm sit, sitting kind of flick, flicking between teams. And I think we're actually all trying to solve the same problem. I'm not sure there is necessarily a distinction between search engine optimization, PPC optimization and, and conversion optimization, because we're all trying to get better results for the business. Mm-hmm. I think the, the parts that we focus on to achieve that are different by necessity, because to be that broad would rub you so thin, you'd get nothing done. But the things we're aiming for, at least at the, at the top end on each of those, they all sound very similar. You know, I go to a, a search conference, I go to a paid paid advertising conference, and the stuff they're talking about is, it's not a foreign language 
you know, they're, they're talking about trying to plan their audience, plan personas, run campaigns, run schedules, look at the effect over time, balance their time versus the return they can get against that time and that budget. Um, these are all the challenges we talk about. It's talked about regularly on the, the Slack channel. So I think that's where not just looking at your own wheelhouse uh, is beneficial and the, the webinars that you can sit through kind of slightly bored because you're not paying attention, it's not your area. I think that's where conferences kind of make you get up and out of yourself. You know, things like particularly residential ones like CXL conversion world, where you're, you're locked up basically for two, three days with like right. people and you never stop learning. You, the whole time you're having conversations, you're watching something, you make your notes, but then you come back out and talk to somebody about that. And I think that's quite hard for a lot of people. Um, I certainly need a couple of vodkas inside me before I'll volunteer. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's um, it's one of the one of the things that I've been uh, trying to do for the last few years is I, I think you said something interesting about uh, about learning and how there's a, a lot of different disciplines and you kind of need to add to yourself to grow and things like that. Uh, something that I found that um, marketers tend to do that I think they could generally be better at. And it's, it's not just, I think it's everybody. I think it's all disciplines. We kind of do what we're most comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Like if you're, you know, if you're pretty comfortable with the, the creative side of things, then that's, you know, if you do any learning, then it's usually going to be focused around how do I make the creative better? How do I make the UX uh, better? How do I do all these? And then if you're kind of like me, then, then I'm more familiar with like the statistical side of things. And that's kind of going to be the focus is how do we make it more scientific and things like that. Um, and something I've been kind of trying to do lately is go beyond that and always do something usually at least a few times a week that I'm really uncomfortable with that. I just don't, I don't like doing because I think the reason I don't like doing is I don't, I don't like doing it. It's probably cause I'm not good at it. Mm-hmm. Um, coding is a big one. I, it, well, for me, it used to be a big one because I wasn't always, I wasn't, I wasn't very good at coding. Um, and so I had to just like get into this process of like forcing myself every single day to just do a little bit. And I think that that's a good strategy if you're a CRO of finding like one thing, whatever it is, like, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's JavaScript, maybe it's R, maybe it's SQL or just something, whatever. And putting like an hour's worth of time into it, like every few days or something like that, I think the improvement in the CRO, like kind of how you see, you know, and that's, we were talking about that a little bit on the, on, on Slack before how one thing that I've been trying to do recently is not just, you know, go outside my comfort zone within CRO, but also go outside of it, generally speaking, as far as the whole marketing industry, because A-B testing is kind of unique in that we have a ton of visitors and we have you know, relatively low conversion rates and, but we're able to launch these experiments and equally split up people. And most industries can't, they can't do that, but they have developed these techniques to still help them anyway. And we usually exclusively focus on A-B testing as a method of determining whether or not something is working, um, or whether or not of, of sort of trialing our ideas. But there's, there's like so many other methods besides A-B testing we just don't use them because there's that no example with the, the time series analysis where kind that's of, right which is anathema to to what a lot of uh, a b testing kind of oh you know sequential sequential testing really want to have the same time period it's like well sometimes we don't have the luxury so if you want to say did this make a difference then we can look at some time series analysis we can say look you know the, there are statistical disciplines that say it changed you know up or down but we can say it changed it changed by enough to say that was 
uh, you know, a difference. Now, then you can try and work backwards and go kind of well, what we're doing at the time to do so. But really, when it comes to things like advertising campaigns, particularly look at seasonal stuff, which for the most part uh, we have to be aware of, but we try and kind of test around. We're looking for a reliable sample. But then you either don't test at all during Christmas and, and Black Friday, or you only do tests that are applicable to your Christmas Black Friday audience. So your the utility you get, we talked before about the value you're getting from the learning on the testing. You know, after two or three or four years of testing on Black Friday, you've got your Black Friday recipe of things you could look at and the considerations you'll have from your atypical buying patterns. Um, but you can only use that once a year. And, you know, you've got to hope that that was a clear answer. And it wasn't just a false positive. Mm -hmm. So the, these things are, I think they're not in the tools. So therefore they seem scary. And to a large degree, you know, you were saying about testing stuff. I've been doing some stuff with SQL over the last couple of uh, weeks. I've got a project on that requires kind of bigger data than I'm used to dealing with in terms of the stuff I'm trying to pull across. And it's I'm basically getting the data into a format where I can do this sort of analysis because we, we don't have a testing history with this client. This is kind of a uh, establishing the baseline, making some recommendations on kind of where we can direct traffic to, to, to get enough bodies going through to, to test. Um, so it's, it's a big piece of work and it's involving new skills. I'm, doing stuff with the Azure cloud and looking at structuring it to to fit with kind of the uh, cloud hosted SQL and I've kind of done local database stuff and the one I'm looking at now is, is it's a local hosted model which once I've got it bloody working here then I'll shove it, <laughs> shove it back up to the cloud and go okay how do I how do I query that but it, the, that, that's you know I'm not a coder I've always been more business side but I've had to learn to self-serve over the last few years and that's one where most of my friends would say well just hire a coder I'm like well to do the final version, I may well, I may well do, but but for me to understand what I need to ask them for, I need to get my head around it. Right. And some people learn different ways, but for me, the I can read the theory, but until I've actually applied it in practice, it doesn't stick. You know, it's true. It's true. There's there's and it's kind of like what you were saying before about the tools. Like, you know, I think uh, in, in CRO people are pretty in some ways, not in, not in every way, but in a lot of ways, people are pretty dependent on the tools that, that they've been given. Like, you, like you're saying about AdWords. Well, the only thing you can use with AdWords is the AdWords tool. So kind of dependent on it. Mm. It's not really that way so much with A-B testing. Like we do, the tools are limited to the tools, but the tools are really just an easier extension of all the other things that you can technically do on your own. Like, you know, you can build uh, a tool on your own, like using, uh, you know, GTM or something and split up your visit traffic. Like you mm -hmm. can do that yourself. The analysis you can do yourself, all the analytics you can, you can figure out how to do yourself. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was, before I knew AB testing was a discipline, I was doing AB banner splits um, on a banner trafficking system back in sort of 05, 06. I was like, brilliant. So what I did was I worked out the audience and I'll do banner one, banner two. I'm, I'm a genius for thinking of this. And then as a researcher found out that actually no people have been doing this for years. And all I was doing was applying what we'd done with um, print split tests, working in print distribution. We'd put like leaflet one to distribution center one, leaflet two to distribution, distribution center two, different call numbers or different call references. So I, I knew the discipline. I'd done that at university and I thought I was being super clever applying it to the website. And it turns out, you know, the Eisenbergs were writing a book to tell us all how to do it and have been doing it for 10 years. But it's, it's one of those things where, um, yeah, learning the the basics and math was now my strong point was enough to get to the to the, what I needed to deliver for the customer and and 
12 years ago that was more than enough that was more than anybody was doing so i don't think you need to be the best in the world because this can be a bit intimidating oh god if you're relying on the tool you're only halfway there it's like yeah but that's where we all started and some of us may have come from a different background which gave us some color to understand why we're doing it i think if you keep pushing towards where you need to be then you're going to you're going to give yourself some advantages you can have that extra half step ahead of the the competition you know it's it's what's the old joke if um if if we see a bear how fast can you run why well it doesn't matter how fast the bear can run as long as i'm faster than you i'm okay (laughs) and i think in in kind of the marketing world in your career as long as you've got that step ahead of the competition and that's i think how i describe sort of a b testing or to to be fair kind of experimentation culture the whole piece of looking at this is when i'm talking to clients and prospects I, i say it's not about the win from the test it's more that everybody's doing something to optimize now, whether it just be search engine optimization or, or paid search optimization, if they're optimizing for spend only, or if they are looking at the UX, but everybody is now trying to do better. They're not going site launch, wait five years, site launch, wait five years. So if you're not doing it, you're falling behind. So it becomes a competitive advantage. And if you're mm-hmm. less good at it, your competitive advantage over your competitors they're out there doing a better job for your prospects. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's interesting too that I think there's, um, uh, with the testing specifically, because that's, that's obviously where my wheelhouse is, but it's just, I think, it, I think the same kind of ideas ring true for pretty much every part of, of CRO. Is it, you know, if you're kind of, con- if you're kind of conditioned to only focus on um, the A-B test or the, the tool, you know, if you're using a test and target, if you're using a, an optimizer or something like that. Then or, a, ca- or a site spec. Got to get the plug. <laughs> uh, no, I don't think I don't, don't think I could commission on that one, but just, just, oh, okay. just, just for fair balance and Optimizely and BWO and Dennis at convert.com does some very good. That's right. That's right. Let's give him a shout out as well. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like, you know, those, those techniques um, that you're using, to run to do you know you have a control you have a treatment and you run an experiment and then you observe your results and you have a significant level um you can do those you can do those anywhere um you know i was when, when i spoke at conversion world recently one of the things that i kind of um I, I i talked about was that there are there are methods like let's say you're an agency or a consultancy or or something like that um there are techniques you can use where you can perform an a b test um a, a time series based a B test on whether you've not whether or not you've actually made this person more money over time. Mm. The reason that a lot of a lot of clients don't buy it if you just say, "Hey, we've we've made you X amount," is because they'll be like, "Okay, well, you know, I hear I heard that all the time with um, uh, AdWords. You know, mm-hmm. when when I used to run AdWords accounts for people, they would say, "Well, you know, we're spending all this money on AdWords, but." people are Googling us anyway. They're typing our names into Google anyway. So what's to say that, you know, you're just cannibalizing the, the traffic from the organic searches, yep. which is, which is a, which is a fair question. Um, it in is, a lot I of mean, cases, it's, I mean, I'll bring something up in a minute. That reminds me of something, but um, the, <clears throat> 
that's I mean that's the most common thing for, for most of the agents whatever side is that they will say kind of well we would have done this well anyway what's to say that so the a b test is kind of become a crutch to go kind of like well here we go you know the, the two things were different in this period but there are other mechanisms it's interesting you mentioned kind of about um have we made you more money or are we cannibalizing so one of the guys who spoke as you saw him at search love last year and he spoke at inbound of this year um is a guy called uh will critchlow uh no not will critchlow guy called will um, <laughs> i'm gonna have to google that now because i'm getting my names confused uh but the he did something on uh power bi as you know i've been using power bi a fair bit recently um and he was um showing people how to bring down their data from semrush which is uh, a tool which allows you to bring down your your paid search results or your paid impressions mm-hmm. uh, and and the uh the adword stuff so effectively uh, sorry your organic and adwords so you'd be able to compare what was at position one for a keyword on organic versus what the projected cost was. So that he was basically showing a table to say, here's what the estimated cost is for bidding on this keyword in kind of the general average. And here's what our actuals are for what we paid for that keyword. And mm. then filtering it down from sort of several million rows to being right. here's the top 10% of, of sale values. So what keywords are we doing well on that make us the most sales? And then looking back the other way, which ones are we spending the most on, which make us no sales? Mm -hmm. You're looking to optimize. Again, data's key. And an awful lot of that stuff had been done by gut feel, but it was mostly trying to, to, to feel your way around. And this was somebody doing... A data discipline I very much recognize I've got a similar model myself uh, in, in power behind the screen at the moment and he was showing a search audience how they're if they're just doing in Excel with VLOOKUPs they're missing a trick like the game has evolved and he was saying I'm not going to show you how I'm doing all of this because this is my head start and I'm learning like crazy and with power BI you have to because they're releasing a new feature release every every month so there's new to- tools and toys coming in um, mm-hmm. but that was a a very kind of conversion optimization, a growth hacker minded paid search talk. But I recognized that drive, you know, I must do this better. Look what I did last week. Look what I'll do. Um, Will Reynolds, not uh, Will Critchlow, I think works for Distilled. So get my wheels confused. Um, so yeah, Will Reynolds from Sear was doing this this uh, thing. He's got a couple of videos on, on uh, YouTube about this. And the whole audience was kind of like, because oh. he was, you know, loud American. Going, You're doing it wrong. And but the point was true. You know, it, it is kind of he showed a simple model what you can do with like maybe an hour's work, and take it from let's look at my top ten keywords. Why? Because that's what I can do in Excel. Into let's crunch, you know, eight million of them, and and do it at a decent level. And there was some kind of some toys within that. But that would that mentality is not limited to A/B testing. That certainly wasn't an A/B test, although there was provision with the way within the way he's kind of heading with that model to kind of go okay here's how we performed over time so if you were going to say we've made a difference if you start going right that's a word to target rather than going we were at position three we've got it to position one you could look at the amount of effort you took you to get there what that made difference in terms of your roi and the time period over which that happened so mm. the time series analysis but applied across the advertising side of things but broke be able to drill down to every single part of even down to individual keywords and the creatives used. Now, most companies aren't going to be able to do that because they don't have the data exposed and the size of the account. But the logic for doing that would work whether you're doing it on 10 and just want to run that report every day or 10,000 and run it every hour. 
So there's there's already kind of uh, tools out there. I uh, met a guy who works for uh, an AdWords tool called Optimizer, um, and they're applying machine learning techniques. To very similar names with some of these tools, aren't there? There, there is a very much a vibe there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but the, that's what their tool does. So, and the similar ones like that, again, it's not kind of like a plug fest. These are just kind of people who are out there trying to solve these problems. And I think that's what kind of the point was in this is, is if we're all trying to do better, whichever discipline we're looking at, and we're all trying to better ourselves to get better at these things, there are tools out there which will help us, but they may not necessarily be the tools we'd uh, expect to rely on or would look at. So I'd maybe encourage people who are just using their A-B testing tool, just using their session cam tool, to maybe look at some of the tools which allow them to look into the keywords. So during a test, okay, when I'm setting my baselines, what keywords, what intent, how much are we paying for this traffic? Because if I'm optimizing to AdWords traffic and I'm able to segment to AdWords and organic and say, oh, this test worked particularly well or badly for AdWords, that's a nice to know or they screwed up my average. But actually have a look and see what the AdWords costs. Have a look and see how much your SEO budget costs. Because if that traffic costs more and you're able to improve it more or you're able to align your testing to improve it more, then your return on investment is more than what you're seeing on just the site. Your return on investment could actually be a cost reduction to somebody upstream of you, mm -hmm. which in terms of money to be reinvested into both growing the market or growing your CRO team, it may not be an area that's in your wheelhouse, but actually helps with that communication piece we talked about before with stakeholders. You know, If you can go to somebody saying, these landing pages, how much do you spend on them? Right. Well, this recipe looks like I can reduce the bounce rate and increase people clicking into something positive by 30 percent. Mm -hmm. What's that do to your quality score? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that that's um, you kind of, uh, you know, one of the ways I like to think about it is where people sometimes I think people start at the wrong place. You know, people start and they say, you know, what are the what are the tools that are available and then what can I do with the tools? Whereas I think a better thing to, to start with would be what are the questions that I have? And then what are the methods that I are available to me to answer the, those questions? So it might be, it might be investing in a brand new tool. It might be, and I know this, this is going to sound, this is going to sound crazy. And a lot of people think that they can't do it, but it, it might be doing something yourself, like building your own tool or at least, at least building your own method, which, which sounds, you know, it sounds like, oh man, you know, I don't have the time to do that. I don't have the, I don't have the technical ability to do that. It's not that hard. It's not just, that hard. Just, just please, for my sanity, no more frameworks. <laughs> <laughs> Every single like, presentation I've seen over the last month, let me just introduce my framework. I'm like, really, a framework? Yeah. Those today. Um, yeah, I, I mean, uh, the what tool I'm building at the moment is something which, just, which will help automate some of those questions I'm asking, regular questions I'm asking, but I want to ask them at scale. I want to do it on more than one account. So I'm looking at building something that which will help with this specific case, but... The, the bits I'm building in my spare time, the, the cloud sort of is, is partly to, to learn what I need to get out of that and partly to understand and look around to see if there's tools out there to do it already. Because if there yeah. are tools to do it already, I'm going to go buy them. But learning it, understanding what I'd want that tool to do, part of it is is taking the thing apart, you know, taking the whole thing back to its bare bones and go, which of these bits are actually useful to me? Which bits are marketing fluff? And yeah. that, that helps, I think, concentrate the mind in terms of what you, you want to do in terms of vendor selection, but it also helps in terms of thinking through the problem. It's what I do with the, with the sites. You know, people go, I want to make more money. Well, let's look at how customers get to the point where they give you money. Let's, let's break that down. So I think mm -hmm. 
taking the discipline of what we do as as optimizers but then applying that to the other areas is is a worthwhile discipline because a worthwhile uh, exercise because we're going to find that um we're going to find that the, the methodology we're talking about the scientific the investigation even just the heuristic part tearing that down is going to give ourselves um more opportunities more places to test more understanding of the value of the tests and then we can start to add that little part into our priority matrix or whatever we want to do in terms of you know what we're considering um i threw one at you a couple of months ago where you're kind of talking about the the cost and i said well have you factored in your production costs of these tests beyond just time you know how many developers whether it's a senior developer or a junior developer because that's part right. of why and you're like oh, i've got to include this in my model now but yeah that sort true. of extra extra piece of oh yeah if i'm going to build this to scale then i need to think about the other cost which is the humans not just hours spent but what those hours cost and what the cost of upskilling is and what the damage to my pro progress is if i am hiring at half the rate i need to be and that's a problem you hear a lot as well is get, i can't get good people okay well what does a good person cost you versus what an average person costs you would an average person be acceptable versus the drop in growth of waiting for the perfect unicorn and that's a math that's a sum you can do but actually if you've not done if not collected the numbers for that it's not a sum you can do you end up going off gut feel so i think it taking the mentality of how we approach optimization for a website we should perhaps turn our turn our uh, tool set inwards a little bit optimize ourselves i'm all for optimizing the optimizers but also kind of look at how we're dealing with the the overall picture and what i sort of to talk about is, is business optimization quite often the the website is just a reflection of the um the errors that are being made across the business so if you want to fix the website maybe you should look at kind of fixing the proposition and the way things are handled the way people are hired because though there's how you ended up with a website that's not working the way you wanted to yeah I, I agree optimizing the optimizer is that is uh i think it's something everybody should strive for but i gotta run it's been uh no worries we were probably out of time anyway so good to yeah. catch up um we'll probably have manuel back uh, maybe not next week but he's off touring the world thinks in toronto at the moment uh, <laughs> yes. so the other guys and maybe some yeah. special guests next week so that's been chad sanderson and tim stewart i've uh, been talking for conversionations uh, brought to you uh, by effective experiments and we will catch you again soon all Tim's right you. bye now You've been listening to Conversionations. Don't forget to subscribe to get notified when we release new updates. Conversionations is brought to you by Effective Experiments. Want to make experimentation a core part of your business? Request your demo and let us show you how we can help you grow your testing program.